I am professional wrestler Chris Rex, and if you're hearing my voice, that means you're listening to the Bear of Texas podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another edition of Cowboys Talk, the Dallas Cowboys discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, this is the Bear of Texas reporting live from an undisclosed location deep in the heart of Texas. Ladies and gentlemen, today I stand before you with a huge interest and intention of talking about Super Bowl twenty-eight. I figured since an episode or so ago, I did an episode on Super Bowl twenty-seven. Hey, why not do one on Super Bowl twenty-eight? Although I'm going to do things a little bit differently in this one. You know, I thought about talking about the NFC Championship of 1993 when the Cowboys had a rematch with the 49ers, but I figured, you know what? Because I'd like to combine everything in the same one in this one, I'm going to talk about that and that Super Bowl. Because I want to talk, I want to talk about the buildup, but I want to put it all together. That's just all the research I've been doing because you know I you know from those playoffs from back then you know this this was before I was around so you know all these things I've had to read you know the infamous uh, holding out of Emmett Smith you know going to the '93 season. You know, Charles Haley's reaction after Dallas lost in Week 2. I mean, all this stuff I did not know about. I was already aware of Emmett Smith's uh, contractual uh, holdout, but I didn't know how much, how shit, you know, things were. I mean, the, the highlight of the 93 season that I remember well is on Thanksgiving, how there was snow on the ground and Leon Lett kind of ruined the game. But, you know, and I actually forgot to mention this when I did the Super Bowl, when I did the episode on Super Bowl 27, I actually forgot how Leon Lett fumbled the ball and ended up being a touchback. So that's probably the one thing I forgot to mention. But but some of the critics, you know, who pointed, that, who pointed out to me actually said, well, you probably did a good thing because you did spare the Cowboys fans a bit of pain considering all the pain the Cowboys fans are in today. I said, okay, maybe, but I want to put everything. I don't want to sugarcoat or leave anything out, so... But, you know, everybody you know, everybody that's listened to it, you know, really loves it, so I, I guess I did okay. So let's get right to it, ladies and gentlemen, and boy, the excitement is building because all the stuff I've learned is just absolutely amazing. The 1993 Dallas Cowboys, defending champions, won the NFC East again, not surprisingly, Finished 12-4, and started at 0-2, and, and actually, believe it or not, the first team to start out 0-2 to make and win the freaking Super Bowl. Ladies and gentlemen, that is fucking amazing. Start out 0-2 and, and finished 12-4. and Well, start off beginning of the season, Emmett Smith missed the first two games because, of course, like I had just said, he wanted a contract, okay? And since he was not getting what he wanted, he decided to hold out until he got what he wanted. You see a lot of that nowadays, don't you? So that's how things really started off shit for the Dallas Cowboys, okay? And there's, but there's several things to remember about the specific 1993 season, not just surrounding the Dallas Cowboys, but... Kind of the NFL itself, because this was actually a season of the were two bye weeks. Two bye weeks. And believe it or not, I had no idea of that. I had no idea that at one point there was two bye weeks in the season. I, think, I wonder if it was just for that particular year. But I'm not sure. But of course, that same year, the Buffalo Bills became the first team to go to the Super Bowl four times in a row. But... 
the down part of it is the fact that they lost. They're the only team to make it four times, but to lose all four times. So that's really a bad wound for Buffalo Bills fans. But any Bills fans that are listening, you know, you don't have to be in pain right now. I mean, you're in the NFC Championship now. Look where my Cowboys are. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at you. I can't even trash talk. But but this is not about trash talking. This is just about telling the story, kind of giving some facts. Stuff that I've learned personally that just to let, let all the, the, the hardcore old school Cowboy fans know that I'm taking some history classes in the Dallas Cowboys. Well... I just couldn't imagine what it was like to have two bye weeks. Personally, it probably would have bothered me because that's just how selfish I am sometimes. I just want to watch football, especially my favorite team. But when they're not playing... <coughs> Excuse me, allergies are killing me. But when my team's not playing and I'm trying to watch another football game, sometimes it's just so difficult. Especially when it's early in the season, when it's not like in a crucial month of December. But hey, that's just the selfish part of me. And, and, I'll, and I'll be honest... I really don't like that part of me. Really, I don't. You know, much to my surprise, you know, despite the fact that Emmett Smith, you know, held out, he actually would go on to win the season's most valuable player award. <laughs> and not only that, but he was not only the MVP of the regular season, but Emmett Smith would actually go on to be the Super Bowl's most valuable player. <laughs> It was really quite a roller coaster year for Emmett Smith, wasn't it? He holds out, he signs a contract, helps the, puts the Cowboys helps puts them back on track, plays a major role in the, in the Super Bowl, and helps the Cowboys win their second straight Super Bowl. That's pretty cool. But I guess you know, since so we're talking about uh, how, how how should I put the expression? Opening up old bruises or or, or reopening old wounds is the fact that after this season, we lost Jimmy Johnson. That's one of the biggest what-ifs in sports, not only in Dallas Cowboys history, ladies and gentlemen, but a big what-if in the history of the Dallas Cowboys. What if Jimmy Johnson had stayed? Well, Lord knows how many more Super Bowls the Cowboys could have won. I mean, the Cowboys did go on to win the Super Bowl again in 1995. Could have won it again in 94, but uh, that third NFC Championship against the 49ers, well, Deion Sanders really had something to say about it. And what the worst part, you know, speaking of opening old wounds, is that Deion Sanders got away with what he did. But who cares? The Cowboys went on to win it again. Deion Sanders signed with the Cowboys to make up for it. So we're cool on that. No problem. But man, I just wish I could, you know, going back, you know, reading all this stuff, you know, it, may, it really makes me wish I had been there at the time. And there's actually a couple of major rule changes from the 1993 season. Check this out. A passer can now legally throw a pass away without any offensive player having a chance to catch the ball as long as they are out of the pocket. Well, that makes me think of the uh, little intentional grounding rule, something that happens quite a bit. And a lot of times it happens and the, play the referee doesn't call it. A very arguable penalty, if you ask me. Of course, there's also the foul of an, in an eligible receiver down the field prior to a forward pass. Huh. Really, really interesting. I mean, they were really trying to change football that year, weren't they? Oh, wow, a couple of uh, very famous trades, but I don't want to get into that. But anyway, so let's get specifically to the Dallas Cowboys now, shall we? The 34th season for the Cowboys. Unfortunately, this was the fifth and the final year 
under head coach Jimmy Johnson. Can't imagine how pissed off Cowboy fans would be. You know, like I said, I'm too young to remember all this shit. I mean, this is all shit I had to research, so... But if I had been at this age... And just so you know, by the way, yesterday was my birthday. I just turned 28 years old. But if I was 28 years old at the time and being a sport, the sports writer like I am today, I would have wrote a, an article just unleashing a hell of amount of criticism on the team. I am pretty sure that... I don't even know if, if the editor at Primetime Sports Talk would actually contact me and say, hey, Alex, we really got to do some tweaking. We got to take some of this stuff out. I would say, look, with all due respect, let's not because everything I'm saying is the truth, Okay. We have to be able to put the criticism on, it, on the thing. That's how we're going we're gonna to get some viewers doing this shit, okay? Look, we got to... Sometimes you, you got to take it that far. You, you, you got to stop being afraid of telling the truth. And that's why... And I'm not afraid of telling the truth. I mean, you've heard me say this on the show many times. But the, unfortunately, the way to close out the season, it's not the Super Bowl win. It's the fact that the Cowboys lost Jimmy Johnson. And of course, a lot of the fans blame Jerry Jones for this. <laughs> I can't exactly hop on that bandwagon. Keep in mind, I was not around. I'm too young to remember. I wasn't watching the news at the time. I wasn't following the sports. I was I was a baby. But if I had been at the stage, you damn right I would have said something about it. Well, not first thing to know, of course, like I said, Emmett Smith held, held out, okay? And a running back by the name of Derek Lassick would replace him, Okay. But it did not go well because apparently from some of the research, the Cowboys offensive line, who apparently were super loyal to Emmett Smith, did not want to block for the guy as well as they did for Emmett Smith. Well, that's disrespectful. Look, I get it. You're upset that, you're, that your running back is holding out. He's not there. Look, if the guy who's replacing him, look, you cannot take that anger out on him, okay? At the end of the day, he's there for the same reason you are. He wants to make a living. He wants to live his dream of being a football player. He wants to help the team win. All right? And the Cowboys were going in, in the week one playing against the Washington Redskins. Now, of course, as the Washington football team. But since they were the Redskins, then I'm going to call them the Redskins. That's how historically accurate I am. History is very important, ladies and gentlemen. The Cowboys playing without Emmett Smith lost to the Washington Redskins in week one, 35 to 16. <laughs> and, the, and Emmett Smith's replacement... Had only 75 yards. Probably could have had more if the offensive line could have done their job as well as they did for Emmett Smith. <laughs> but no, apparently there was a bit of selfishness in this. And that's not cool, ladies and gentlemen. That is not cool at all. But that's week one. Now let's get on to week two. And just so you know, don't worry, I'm not going to go through every week. I'm just, I'm just pointing out some of these important talking points. Because that's what it's all about. It's about getting the facts straight and there's important things to talk about. Week two, as luck would have it, the Cowboys featuring the Buffalo Bills at home. <laughs> the fans were not happy this game. I was talking to a friend of mine who remembers these days well, and he was watching this game on TV. I mean, he was pretty frustrated. He remembers his dad, his uncle. I mean, the whole family, they would watch the games all together, especially during that time when the Cowboys were so dominant. Or in the words of Wiley, a.k.a. the Venom Astaire, the Dallas Cowboys were God-tier. The Cowboys would lose 13-10. to And the frustrating part is kicker Lynn Elliott missed two kicks, which resulted in him being cut from the team. I would have imagined it was the next morning, the next day, obviously. Troy Aikman uh, intercepted twice. Derek Lassick fumbled twice. <laughs> the Cowboys losing 13-10. I'm surprised despite these four turnovers, the Cowboys only lost by three points in a low-scoring game. <laughs> and the highlight of this game... From what I understand is that after the game, 
Charles Haley was so mad that he took his helmet and he threw it towards Jerry Jones once the game ended. (laughs) Well, I don't mean to chuckle so hard, but, uh, I mean, we understood everything. It says he was so upset, he threw, not only threw the helmet so hard, Jerry Jones even said, because Jerry Jones was was in the locker room when it happened, Jerry Jones said that it missed him by about two feet. And that Charles Haley was so upset that he yelled, and I quote, We'll never win with a fucking rookie running back. And we have the greatest one sitting at home watching TV. So it seems to me that a player, of course, like Charles Haley, who's one of the most important players of the team, obviously he's not happy that Emmitt Smith is not there. Well, as, as it happened... Uh, right before week three against the Phoenix Cardinals on the road, three days before the game, the Cowboys and Emmett Smith finally agreed to a contract. So at least the holdout was over. Okay, so maybe there was a little bit of breathing space, okay? But Emmett Smith did not have the best game against uh, the Cardinals, of course. I mean, he probably had been rusty. He only had 45, car- uh, 45 yards on eight carries, okay? Now, the Cowboys did win the game 17-10, to and they outgained the Cardinals, you know, a little a little close to 200 yards. I mean, they had 410 yards of total offense. Now, the Cowboys were lucky. This, after that game, it was their first bye week, and, and they really needed it. They really needed it. Okay. Now, going up to you know, Week 7, the Cowboys featured the 49ers and actually dominated the 49ers, winning 26-17, played a Halloween game in Philadelphia, and this was actually right after the second bye week. And of course, you know, there was the game on Thanksgiving against Miami. <laughs> Team covered in snow. It seemed that the Cowboys, you know, blocked Miami's potential game-winning kick. But Leon Lett decided to act a little bit funny. He believed that the ball apparently had to be recovered, but on a blocked kick, that's not the case. So when he touched the ball, the ball became live, and the Dolphins recovered it. And the Miami Dolphins would go on to win the game. Well, I don't want to throw Leon Lett under the bus too much. Look, I understand it was a dumb mistake, but you know what? The Cowboys did win the Super Bowl that year, and Leon Lett actually played a huge role in that Super Bowl. So instead of focusing on what Leon Lett did that Thanksgiving, I tend to focus more on what he did in that Super Bowl because that's the most important thing. But I'm left looking at these games game by game. I'm not looking at the schedule as a whole. An 0-2 start followed by a winning streak of seven games. And wins against the Green Bay Packers at home, a 36-14 win, a 27-3 win against the Colts on the road. Of course, there was that win against the 49ers, 26-17. A dominant 31 win against the New York Giants at home. But then, now the Cowboys are 7-2, but then they suffer another two-game losing streak, uh, losing a road game to the Falcons, and of course, a Thanksgiving loss. But then... Magically, they've finished the season out. Five-game winning streak, including a home win against the Washington Redskins, 38-3. Revenge tasted sweet that day for the Dallas Cowboys, and they really needed it after what happened in the nation's capital in Week 1. But also includes a dominant road win against the Minnesota Vikings, 37-20. Well, if I can find highlights of that game, I certainly want to watch it. But of course, weeks 18, now keep on, there's two bye weeks. So the final week, January 2nd, against in New York, well, I should say 
I'm guessing if they were in East Rutherford, New Jersey, which I'm pretty sure they were, Giants Stadium, the Cowboys played the Giants winning 16-13 in overtime. In that particular game, Emmett Smith apparently suffered a separated shoulder, but he was able to actually keep playing. I mean, he put up 229 of offense in that game. So, despite being hurt, you know, Emmett Smith was like, well, the Cowboys just signed me, so I got to give him the best. I can still play. I'm still good. I'm going to play. So I got I got a I got a salute Emmett Smith but apparently John Madden did too because from what I understand John Madden went to the locker room the Cowboys locker room to talk to Emmett Smith and praise him for the courage of finishing the game despite the fact that the man had a separated shoulder. Well, that's courage, that's courageous indeed. Now the NFC East, of course, keep in mind there was five teams back then. Cowboys win, go twelve and four. The New York Giants. Would finish second to eleven and five. To uh, despite the fact that they finished on a two-game losing streak, they were able to get a uh, playoff spot. So good for them. Eagles, Cardinals, and Redskins. And the Redskins would finish four and twelve that year. Huh, really interesting. And the fact is, the Eagles and the Cardinals had a three-game winning streak. I think at the end of the season. Well, that's gotta suck. Missing the playoffs after winning three straight games, but Cowboys had five-game winning streaks. So I guess that's what counted, right? Of course, the Cowboys actually had the number one seed in the NFC. The Giants were placed at fourth. But now we're going to go into the Cowboys playoffs. Well, since the you know first round bye, nothing to worry about. But the Cowboys were set to play the Green Bay Packers in the divisional round. The Packers had just taken care of the Detroit Lions in the Pontiac Silverdome. Of course, when I th- when the when the words the Pontiac Silverdome comes in mind. You know what really comes to my mind? It has nothing to do with football. It's more about professional wrestling because it was the Silver Dome where Hulkamania was running wild and Hulkamania body slammed Andre the Giant. Any classic wrestling fans listening? Yeah, I'm sure that's the same thing for you. You think of the Silver Dome, you think of that day when Hulkamania was running wild. So, the New York Giants would actually win their first play, uh, win win their playoff game to knock off the Minnesota Vikings, who were the fifth seed. A hard-fought 10-17 win. Now, getting to the divisional playoffs, wow. You know, and keep in mind the San Francisco 49ers, You know, as great as the Cowboys were, their offense was still not as great as San Francisco. But uh, let's not forget that <laughs> Dallas really actually proved would go on once again to uh, prove you know which offense was truly the best. Well, it mattered in the NFC Championship. <laughs> but a couple of blunders near here and there. And, of course, the the Cowboys offense, you know, fell back a couple of steps. But uh, really nothing to worry about. Really. Because the 49ers disposed of the Giants 44-3 to at Candlestick Park. <laughs> and this was actually the day before the Cowboys played the Green Bay Packers in the divisional game at Texas Stadium. January 15th, 1994, the San Francisco 49ers, 44-3 to against the Giants. So now the Cowboys are like, well, since we're confident enough we're going to beat Green Bay, looks like it's going to be a rematch against San Francisco. This time it's going to be on our turf. But first, we got to get rid of the Green Bay Packers. And the Cowboys did just that. And I do have my notes with me on that game because this game really turned out to be truly amazing. I mean, it's really bringing back days when the Cowboys were able to take care of the Packers in the playoffs, because nowadays that's certainly impossible because Aaron Rodgers does not allow it. 
you know, for these Cowboys, huh, Aaron Rodgers really is a pain in the butt, isn't he? But hey, can't take it away from him. He's a good quarterback. What can I say? So anyway, the divisional playoffs. Dallas versus Green Bay at Texas Stadium. A game attendance of close to 65,000 fans. Huh, Jim Nance was the play-by-play dude. Huh. Wow, game was at 1230. Would it be, and you know what? In the, the fact of the matter is, this, this game was played on my dad's birthday. Of course, you know, uh, you know th- this was right before my first birthday too. So, uh, and and my birthday is two days after my dad. So, uh, just imagine if I had been if I had been old enough, I would have gotten. Hey, Cowboys gave me a birthday present, but they gave me more. They would have given me more than that that year. They gave me this a, a pride of a Super Bowl win. All right. So after first after the first quarter, the Green Bay had a three nothing lead. Hmm. But the Cowboys would score 17 unanswered points in the second quarter, and then at halftime it was 17 to three. Well, the Cowboys are in business, aren't they? Now, in the first, uh, oh, in the uh, early going, Green Bay was able to recover a fumble because after Emmett Smith fumbled the ball on the Cowboys' 43-yard line. Okay, so the, but then the Packers lost that chance because after recovering that ball, Brett Favre. Yeah, that's right. Brett Favre was the Green Bay Packer quarterback at the time. Lost a fumble after he was sacked by Tony Talbert. And the ball was recovered by Leon Lett. And unfortunately, the Cowboys did not do anything with it. Okay. And the, uh, the Green Bay Packers would get the ball at the 28-yard line after the Cowboys made a dumb mistake, apparently trying to fake punt attempt. But the Packers only took a 3-0 lead. So it was, it was three points out of it. But, and then again, of course, the Cowboys scored 17 unanswered runs. But now we get to the second quarter. Well, Troy Aikman really started to go... To go uh, things started going well. On a 65-yard drive, he completed four consecutive passes. The last of the pass was a 25-yard touchdown pass to wide receiver Alvin Harper. Okay. Cowboys have, have a 3-7 lead. I, I, would have, I would say, well... Green Bay's certainly going to fight back. Green Bay's been doing that this game. I mean, don't expect Green Bay to go away. Unfortunately, Green Bay's returner, Corey Harris, fumbled the ensuing kickoff, although it was out of bounds, but it was at the four-yard line. Well, a bit of tough luck for the Cowboys. I mean, recovering the fumble at at the, at the four-yard line certainly would have been huge. But it was huge in a sense because it pinned the Packers very like four yards from the end zone, and with the Cowboys with a with a pass rush that, of course, in the words of Wiley, aka the Mister, a god tier pass rush, Cowboys certainly could have done damage. Maybe sack Brett Favre in the end zone, maybe force a fumble, recover it in the end zone. Who knows what could have happened? But despite that certain disadvantage, Green Bay still managed to drive the ball to the Cowboys' thirty-one yard line. And during that particular play, from all from all these notes, I mean, I've all I've like literally an archive of notes. Brett Favre was able to connect with a with a player by the name of Sterling Sharp on a forty-eight yard pass. However, the Packers would not find the end zone. They would attempt a forty-nine yard kick, only for the ball to hit the uprights. Well, another lucky break for the Cowboys. So Dallas, of course, takes over. On a 10-yard play, 45-yard drive, the Cowboys respond, okay, and score another touchdown. 
Well, actually, it was not a touchdown. And I said that because that's what I, w- I would have expected. The Cowboys would take over and then score a touchdown. That, that would be my expectation, but that's not exactly what happened. Now, keep in mind, there's something to know about the, the, way, the, the way the first half ended is that the Cowboys scored 10 points in the final 23 seconds, and this is where I'm getting to, ladies and gentlemen. Because with 23 seconds left, the Cowboys had to kick the field goal, which was 41 yards, which was good. Now, on the ensuing kickoff, once again, Corey Harris, the the Packers returner, fumbles the ball. Okay? But this time, it does not go out of bounds. This time, the Dallas Cowboys recover it. Okay? Now, I was unable to find out exactly where he fumbled. It had to be closed because... because it would end with Troy Aikman throwing a six-yard touchdown toss to the tight end, Jay Novacek. And that made it 17-3 at halftime. The fact that when the Cowboys had scored with 23 seconds left, okay, I mean, well, who knows? Maybe it could have been at the Dallas 30-yard line, whoever. But the bottom line is from that scenario was that the Cowboys scored and they were in business. Now going to the third quarter. <laughs> Green Bay certainly had a chance, but <laughs> I don't know how how it went. But anyway, Troy Aikman makes a mistake after he throws an interception. Green Bay would then drive down to the field, but on a fourth down and eight, the Packers failed to convert. I mean, they got they got a complete pass for six yards, but it was not enough. That's a turnover on downs. So anyway, now Dallas really has to do something, okay? And this play ended up being well because Michael Irvin would catch an eight, nine, it would finish with a Michael Irvin 19-yard touchdown reception. And on that particular play, Michael Irvin caught an 18-yard pass, but an, addition, an additional 15 yards was added because of a face mask penalty, which, of course, if you do the math correct, it turns into a 33-yard gain. Now the Cowboys are up by 21 points. (laughs) Packers are in trouble. But this time, somehow, Brett Favre is able to lead a 9-play, 82-yard drive, including four consecutive completions, to score on a 13-yard pass to cut the deficit from 24-3, That's going to the fourth quarter. It's only 14 points, but now we're in the fourth quarter. Especially in the divisional playoffs. Now it's more crucial than ever. In the, in the final quarter, and, th- and I got this information from my friend who, who he remembers this game well, and I, and I trust him. I do. Because he, he knows how committed I am to this show. He would not ever give me false information. The Packers had multiple chances to get back in the game, but they could not do it, ladies. They could not. Now, the Packers, there was a play. Apparently, they had a 43-yard punt return, but it was nullified because a pass attempted by Brett Favre was deflected by Jim Jeffcoat, and it fell into the arms of defensive end Charles Haley. Well, that's a turnover. The Cowboys would then drive, and then on the highlight of that certain particular drive, a 27-yard catch by Michael Irvin, but it would set up a 38-yard field goal, which made it 27-10. to 
I still would have been disappointed because I'm just like that. I, I would say, like, I want touchdowns, not inter- not field goals. It's always better to go for six rather than go for three. But at the end of the day, of course, the bright side is at least points have been put on the board. More points have been added to the board. So maybe I shouldn't be too selfish. On the next play, the Packers start out from their own 15, but they manage to get to their to the Dallas 15-yard line. Unfortunately, Darren Woodson would end the hopes after he intercepted a pass of his own. And it seemed the game to be out of reach. Although in the last two minutes, Green Bay was able to score, make it 27-17 on a 29-yard touchdown pass. But it was too little, too late. Brett Favre was able to connect with Sterling Sharp, but like I just said, it was too little, too late. Now we are set for a rematch between the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers. Well, I would have been so excited for that game. I would, if I had been working that day, I would have done whatever it took to get that game off. <laughs> Football would have been so important to me. And check this out. The TV announcers, Pat Summerall and John Madden. Of course, if you're going to have the NFC Championship, wouldn't it be fitting to have John Madden on the commentary? <laughs> now, the NFC Championship, of course, like I said, at Texas Stadium, an afternoon game, 55 degrees outside, close to 65,000 in attendance. And before this game, Jimmy Johnson actually guaranteed that his team would win. Well, he certainly did not disappoint because the Cowboys did win in spectacular fashion because unlike the previous year when it was a two-sided game at Candlestick Park, this game was one-sided because the Cowboys dominated. Dallas Cowboys won the game 38-21. At halftime, the Cowboys had a 28-7 lead, racked up close to 300 yards, Okay, 19 first downs and 4 touchdowns and 5 possessions. While San Francisco finished half with just 100 total yards and only 6 first downs. Dallas took their opening kickoff to march 75 yards to score on an Emmett Smith 5-yard touchdown pass. 5 seconds to the second quarter, the 49ers would actually tie the game after Steve Young would throw a 7-yard touchdown pass to running back Tom Rathman. But that's when business really picked up in the favor of the Cowboys. Because the Cowboys then scored, of course, 21 unanswered points, and which went which did go to halftime. Okay. I would have just, uh, you know, at halftime, I'm like, uh, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that the, the excitement really, you know, it's, it's making me lose my, my train of thought. And unfortunately, that's a bad habit, and I really apologize. Unfortunately, in Dallas's first series in the, in the third quarter, Trachman suffered a game-ending concussion. And from the research that I've done, he was hit so bad that when the team, do- uh, the team doctor actually asked him where the Super Bowl of that year would be played, Trachman apparently answered Henrietta. Henrietta is actually Trachman's hometown in the state of Oklahoma. That is not good. I mean, Lord knows how many... I mean, we all remember how many concussions Troy Aikman suffered. I mean, concussions was the, was the reason why he, Troy Aikman retired from the game of football in the year 2000. 
So Troy Aikman's been knocked out of the game. That's got to be good news for the San Francisco 49ers, right? Because Aikman's out of the game. Without Aikman, the Cowboys are pretty much doomed, right? The 49ers would then manage to make it 28-14. to Now, Dallas, the backup quarterback who came in, a guy by the name of Bernie Kozar. Believe it or not, he would actually keep the Cowboys alive in the game. Okay? Because the 49ers really thought they were going to come back and win this game because Troy Aikman was out. But after the 49ers make it 20-14, to Bernie Kozar is able to lead an 82-yard drive to keep the Cowboys alive. Okay? And there was on that particular play, there was a 39 on the Dallas 19. Michael Irvin was able to connect with Kozar on a 12-yard completion. Okay? And on the final play of the game, Alvin Harper scored a 42-yard touchdown. Well. Well, well, well. So the Cowboys were pretty much uh, seem to be still in business, right? Because now we got a 35-14 game. But the 49ers are unable to do much after this. Now in the, four, in, the, in the fourth quarter, the Cowboys add a 50-yard field goal to make it 38-14. So the game is pretty much out of reach. But, of course, the 49ers decided to still try to put points on the board, which they did when Steve Young was able to run and, and score... On a seven, I believe it was a seventy yard, seven yard. Uh, actually, it was a one yard touchdown run. Make it thirty eight twenty one. Quite an interesting game indeed. And I'm taking a look at these stats right here. Hmm. Only one turnover was forced by the Cowboys that game. Steve Young had one interception, but was sacked four times. Threw for two hundred eighty seven yards, twenty seven completions out of forty five attempts. Rushed seven times for 38 yards and, of course, had that touchdown. Before Trey was knocked out of the game, you know, he was 14 for 18, threw two touchdowns, was sacked once, and I guess that's where he suffered the concussion. But then Bernie Kosar came in, only went 5 for 9 for 83 yards, threw that one touchdown. <laughs> Very interesting. I would, I would imagine, I guess the Cowboys, after taking that lead, I, w- I would have, I'm really wondering, they must have... Uh, just run the ball the rest of the rest of the way. At least that's what I would have done. All Emmett Smith finished twenty three carries for eighty eight yards and had that touchdown. Now looking at the Cowboys defense, Thomas Everett had the interception. Charles Haley, Jim Jeffcoat, Russell Maryland, Tony Tolbert, each had a sack. It really seems to me like the Cowboys defense really had no problems. I mean, going to this game, I, I I would have said if we if we think that what we saw last year was something. This game's going to be totally different. I mean, it was. But in the ways of, think, of thinking it was going to be different, I would say the same thing. It's still going to be a two-sided game. Don't I mean, San Francisco was explosive that season. Like, super explosive. I mean, probably had a better offense than the previous season, honestly. But Dallas was able to somehow destroy them. It, it, despite the fact that Troy Aikman was knocked out of the game in the third quarter with a, with a, with a concussion. Really interesting indeed. And this <laughs> not, NFC Championship, wow. Absolutely unbelievable. And at the, and at the end of the game, uh, excuse me, at the end of the day, the fact that Jimmy Johnson guaranteed victory, 
if I could speak to, to Coach Johnson today, I would ask him, like, when Troy Aikman suffered the concussion, did you really begin? Did you begin to have second thoughts? And I'm sure you would say no because I still had because I had confidence in the confidence in the backup. You know, and Jimmy Johnson has confidence in all of his players. I mean, let's be honest. Knowing Jimmy Johnson for who he is and the kind of coach he is, if he doesn't have confidence in you, you're not going to be on his team. Man, for the Cowboys to just take two in a row against the 49ers in the NFC Championship. The year previously doing it at Candlestick Park, but this time doing it at home at Texas Stadium. Well, that's where the that's really where we know we have a rivalry between the San Francisco 49ers and the Cowboys. Unfortunately, that next year the 49ers would win, but that's another story for another time. Because but now we finally get to what we came here to speak to you about: Super Bowl Twenty Eight, a rematch from the previous Super Bowl. The Bills, of course making their fourth consecutive trip to the Super Bowl. And from what I understand is that apparently some writers were actually pretty upset with the with excuse me, with the Bills coming back to the Super Bowl, but apparently from some research the Bills I th- I think, you know, put a put a banner saying we're back, you know, deal with it America. Yes. Apparently so after during Buffalo's victory in the AFC Championship, apparently a Buffalo fan displayed a banner saying, "We're back. Deal with it, America." <laughs> well, you know that particular fan. It's really got to be a bad feeling in, in on his side because the fact that he's his team four straight Super Bowl trips lost all of them. You know, personally, you know, if if I had been a sports writer, I don't know if I would have been upset about the Bills advancing to the fourth consecutive Super Bowl. I would have just, I would have just you know wrote a, wrote an article preview it, and I would have and I would have entitled it, "Can the Bills finally do it again?" But in that particular article, I would say, "We've heard we know there's there's the saying the third time's the charm," but in the Bills' case, will the fourth time be the charm? And of course, I would have mentioned that the Cowboys lost to the Bills early in that season, but I would specifically point out that Emmett Smith did not play in that game, but now Emmett Smith is back, and Emmett Smith, the regular season MVP, stuff's different. Now, this is not the same Cowboys you saw in Week 2, Bills. But, let's go into this game. Just game, January 30th, 1994. 12 days after my first birthday. Well, we're, we're approaching the 28th anniversary as we speak. Cowboys came to this game a 10.5 point favorite. An attendance of 73,000 fans. It was at the George Dome in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> but this game did not particularly go the same way it did last year. No, sir. No, sir. Because the Bills seemingly kind of dominated the first half of the game. But that would soon change because apparently the Cowboys said, nah, we're not letting them take the Super Bowl. The Bills want to make history? Well, we're going to let them make history. But not at our expense. (laughs) That's the Cowboys for you, right? Now, Jim Kelly managed to actually play the entire game, did not get hurt this time, through one interception, okay, and you know what's funny? Both Jim Kelly and Troy, and Troy Aikman amazingly, you know, came back despite that bad concussion. 
the Troy Aikman and Jim Kelly. It's funny. Neither of them threw a touchdown in this game. Both had one interception. <laughs> now, in this game also, the Bills' defense managed to get two quarterback sacks. The Cowboys, on the other hand, you know, Tony Tolbert and, and Jimmy Jones both had two full sacks, while Tony Casillas, Jim Jeffco, Charles Haley, and Charles Haley all seemingly, you know, managed, you know, to share, each getting half of one. But what I find so interesting about this game was that it's the fact that the Bills actually were were in the lead at halftime. Bills had a thirteen to six lead. Traikman was was struggling in the first half. He really was. Okay. Now, some believe maybe it's because of maybe the concussion he had not too long ago. I mean, that's probably the case. I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that. But the the truth of the matter is, despite the fact that em, that uh, Troy Aikman struggled, I mean Emmett Smith saved the day along with the Cowboys defense. Okay. Because Emmett Smith would have 30 carries for 132 yards, scoring twice, and that's what allowed him to become the Super Bowl MVP. And I'm just like, I'm looking at the halftime show. Yeah, I'm really wondering, like, who was the halftime show that year? It was titled, okay, well, I know it was titled Rockin' Country Sunday. Featured country music stars like Clint Black, Tanya Tucker, Travis Tritt, Wynonna Judd, Jude, or whatever you say that. I'm not sure. I'm sorry. And you know, I mentioned when I did the episode on Super Bowl 27, I mentioned how Michael Jackson was the halftime, was at the halftime performance, and Michael Irvin, along with several players, snuck out of the locker room. I guess in this one, maybe Michael Irvin didn't really have an interest in the, in the Super Bowl halftime show. But anyway, the first quarter, the Cowboys get the ball, okay? And the Cowboys, you know, the opening kickoff was returned 50 yards to the Buffalo 48-yard line. Trickman had a 20-yard completion to Michael Irvin, but on a third down and six at the 24-yard line... Troy Aikman was unable to, co- to connect. The Cowboys had to score a 41-yard field goal, so it's 3-0. But then, the Bills knew that they could not let the Cowboys be more than one step ahead. I mean, the Bills did not want the Cowboys to be ahead, and if the Cowboys were ahead, the Bills had no intention of allowing them to be ahead for a long time. Okay. So Jim Kelly would have... would have complete a 24-yard pass to running back Thurman Thomas. The Bills definitely drove down the field. It seemed to be that they were going to drop down the field. Excuse me, drive down the field. But after Jim Kelly had two straight completions, the the Bills attempted a 54-yard field goal, which I believe to this day is still considered the longest field goal in Super Bowl history. Unless there's something I'm missing, but from what I understand, it still is. And the game is tied 3-3. to Well, we can certainly say the Buffalo so far so good for the Bills. I mean, I would have said, well, the Bills are here to play. They have come to play, which is a figure of speech. The Cowboys would have to punt on their after their first possession. But the Cowboys, on the first Bills uh, ensuing possession, the Cowboys' defense did something. 
they forced a fumble, and Darren Woodson would recover. James, the safety, James Washington, would force the Bills running back uh, Terman Thomas to fumble, and the, and the Woodson recover the ball, which is a, which was a midfield. But then Alvin Harper on that ensuing uh, Cowboys offensive drive a, had a 24-yard reception, which put the Cowboys at the, at the Bills' seven-yard line. But once again, the Cowboys had to score, settle for a field goal. So the Cowboys are up six to three, but I I would not be happy. You're at the seven yard line. You have to go. In, you have to go for three points. But hey, like I said, at least there's points on the board. But what what could have been what could have been six and eventually and perhaps even seven turned out to be only three points. So that's a bit worrisome for me. So the Bills get the the Bills get the ball back after the kickoff. They're on their 41 yard line. It seemed like they were forced to punt. Unfortunately, a Cowboys quarterback by the name of Dave Thomas was penalized for running into the Bills punter. And what happens when you do that? The penalty is so bad that is that the, the offense, the Bills, are granted an automatic first down. Now we're like, well, the Bills are certainly going to take advantage of this, aren't they? Well, that's exactly what they did. So, now things are really starting to get real. The Bills have just been handed an extra opportunity, you know, because of a stupid mistake by the Dallas Cowboys. The, they have a fresh set of downs. They have a little bit of momentum going in that particular scenario. So, the, the question is, are the Bills going to do something about it? Well, they did. Drove down the field, scored a touchdown to make it 10-6. to If I'm the Cowboys, I'm frustrated right now. All because of one mistake of running to the punter gave the Bills exactly what they needed, and the Bills took advantage of it. And this is early in the second quarter. It's not a big deal. But this is not good. So on the ensuing drive... The Cowboys managed to get to midfield, but once again had to punt. Although they were, the Cowboys were able to down the punt at the Bills' one-yard line. <laughs> now the Bills managed to get from the one-yard line to the Cowboys' forty-six-yard line, but they too had to punt. So at least the defense is still in the game. The Cowboys' defense is showing signs that they are not discouraged by what happened. But then the Cowboys, on their ensuing drive, managed to managed to get out of their own territory to go to the Bills' 47-yard line. But then Troy Aikman makes a mistake, and Bills' defensive back Nate Adomes intercepts the pass, returns at 41 yards, with a little over a minute left in the half. Hmm. So now you're pretty worried because now you're down 10 to six. And with a little bit over the half, you know, after a 41-yard touchdown return, you're you're thinking the Bills are going to make it 17 to six. I mean, this is probably going to turn out a complete reverse of last year. We'd force the turnovers, we destroy the Bills. Now the Bills are going to force the turnovers and destroy us. I'm pretty sure Bills had that in mind. The Bills were fans were probably thinking. I mean, hell, the Bills, the, the Buffalo Bills themselves were probably thinking that was exactly what, that what was going to happen. But it did not happen. 
Absolutely not, ladies and gentlemen. Because the Cowboys defense was still doing some good things, okay? They managed to force Buffalo to sell for a field goal. So what could have been a 17-6 lead was cut to 13-6. Now, it's not bad considering it's only 7 points. But still, the Cowboys offense is really not doing too well. And they really got to change that. Because they've yet to find the freaking end zone. So it's 13-6, and it looks like the Bills are probably going to find a way to win. Or so we thought. Because going to the third quarter, the Buffalo Bills truly had the advantage. Okay? Because the Bills got the ball the ball back. Hmm. Now, this is really where things get super interesting, ladies and gentlemen. Because 45 seconds into the third quarter... The Dallas Cowboys, specifically Leon Lett, forces a fumble. And it's returned 46 yards for a touchdown. (laughs) Now the Cowboys are finally in business. And it just so happens that Terman Thomas fumbles the ball. And it's returned all the way 46 yards for a touchdown by Dallas safety James Washington. So it's funny, for James Washington, he forced Thomas to fumble, but this time he he recovers the fumble by Thomas and returns it all the way for a touchdown. (laughs) Now really things have really gotten quite interesting, wouldn't you say? Because on the ensuing play, excuse me, on, on the ensuing drive, the Bills are really trying to get back, really trying to pick it up, and try not to let the whole thing affect them. So on the on the old swimming drive, the Bills return the kickoff twenty two yard uh, twenty two yards to their thirty seven yard line. But on a third down, Jim Jeffcoat and Charles Haley both shared a sack, sacking Jim Kelly thirteen yards to force the Bills to punt. This is a clutch play. Okay, the game, you just return a fumble for a touchdown, tied the game. The Bills are trying to get back ahead because, you know, the Bills are trying to do what you want to do. Remember when I said you want to be one, two, three, up to three steps ahead of your opponent? Always want to be at least two steps ahead? The Bills are trying to do that. So, in my case, the Bills are trying to take a page out of the Cowboys' playbook, being two steps ahead. But the Cowboys, in the Bills' case, they got to be one step ahead again. But that did not work. So, the Bills have to punt. But then the Cowboys get the ball back after that punt. But then the Cowboys finally begin to do something. Because on that drive, Emmett Smith, wow. Emmett Smith really just, I don't even, I don't, I don't even know what, what, what to say. Because I'm counting the plays right here, okay. A total of nine plays, I believe. Eight plays, I should say, and Emmett Smith was on six of those plays. Okay, you know what? Hold on. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. The excitement's really getting me. I mean, me count. Okay, so it's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yes, eight plays. And Emmett Smith just played a huge role in it. And Emmett Smith would score on a 15-yard touchdown run to give the Cowboys. A 19-13 lead, but then the Eddie Murray, the kicker, makes the extra point, and it's 20-13. to 
all of a sudden, it's beginning to be a reminiscent of last year. The Cowboys defense all of a sudden is dominating again, and they are scoring and taking advantage of everything they are doing on defense. Now, if you're the Buffalo's, if you're a Buffalo fan, you're like, here we go again. A lot of you're probably on your knees praying, please let's not be the only team to, let's not be remembered as a team to go four straight Super Bowls and lose them all. Well, the Cowboys, the Cowboys had no intention of of, of letting up. I mean, you'd be insane if they were to if they would have have done that. But now we get to the fourth quarter. Hmm. Because the way the way the third quarter ended after the Cowboys took the lead, the Bills drive, a couple of good plays, but they punt. But then the Cowboys had a couple of plays, and they punt. Okay. Once again, the Bills punt again. Okay, they did fumble, but the Bills managed to recover on that play. They punt. Cowboys back on the back on the field. They too punt. So with twenty seconds left in the third quarter, the the, the Bills take a start. They started their thirty-one yard line. Okay. First, Jim Kelly throws an incomplete pass, but then a running back, Kenneth Davis, who goes for four yards. But once again, the Cowboys defense really pulls through again. After Jim Kelly completes it, uh, uh, throws an incompletion that was intended by a player, Don Beeb. But then it is intercepted. (laughs) Doomsday defense is really back, isn't it? Because the same guy, Washington, who, have been t- who apparently had a hell of a game, forced a fumble, recovered a fumble, and intercepted a pass. Dude, that is, not only is that on your resume, but that's something you talk about. You talk, you tell this to your kids, you tell this to your grandkids, you tell this to your friends, your co-workers. This is something you want to tell the world. You want to tell the world that in, in a Super Bowl, that you won, you were part of a defense that was amazing, okay? In that particular game, you forced a fumble, you recovered a fumble, you intercepted a pass, okay? And the fact that you intercepted a pass from a Hall of Famer, I mean, that feels pretty damn good. So it's intercepted, it's returned 12 yards to the Bills' 34-yard line. Now, the first mistake the Cowboys made on offense from that on that drive was a false start. So you're at the 34-yard line. The false start pushes you back to the 39-yard line. But on the next three plays, Emmett Smith would have two plays where he ran for 10 yards and even caught a screen pass for a 9-yard gain. And then Troy Aikman finds Alvin Harper for 16 yards, and it's first and goal at the 6-yard line. Now, on the three plays, the, the Bills' defense... Managed to hold the Cowboys from scoring a touchdown. But then it's fourth and one. And what do the Dallas Cowboys do? They go for it. Because they, like I said, remember when I said you want to be at least two steps ahead? That's what the Cowboys were doing. So they go for it and they score. And it's 27 to 13. <coughs> now if I'm a Cowboy fan, I'm starting to go crazy. But then I'm thinking, well, the game's not over yet. Like I've said many times, it's not over until the referee finally blows the whistle and the, and the game clock is at 0 0 0. 
So the Bills get the f- ball back, really hoping that they could somehow miraculously stay in the game and attempt a comeback. But uh, Cowboys defensive line, Jimmy Jones, made two great plays. <laughs> he had a tackle for a loss, a one-yard loss on a second down. And then he had a 13-yard sack on a third down to push the ball back to the 22-yard line to once again force the Buffalo Bills to punt. Hmm. It seems like the Cowboys had once again gotten in the Bills' head, okay? Because the Bills were not able to find a way to recover, okay? And the fact of the matter is, is that the Bills' punt was horrible, a 29-yard punt, Okay, at their twenty, at their own twenty-two. Dallas has good field position because Dallas gets the ball at their own forty-nine yard line. Okay, and on that drive, the Cowboys put the game so heavily in their favor. Emmett Smith have a couple of runs. Drakeman, you know, made a couple of completions like of Jay Novacek, Alvin Harper. You know, had an incompletion, you know, intended for Michael Irvin. But a completion to Alvin Harper for 35 yards was was key. Although that next, uh, then, you know, and, and what I should mention is that that 35-yard uh, catch by Alvin Harper on a pass from Troy Aikman was at the Buffalo 36-yard line. So that put them, that gave them a first, and t- a first down at the Buffalo 1-yard line. Again, another false start. Now you're pushed back to the 6th. But then Emmett Smith has a uh, runs the ball for five yards. Okay. Second and one. Dale Moose Johnston, you know, tried to get it in, but had no gain. Then Emmett Smith, negative one yards, was pushed back. But this time it's fourth and two at the Buffalo two. The, the, the Cowboys decided, you know what? Because there's 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 a little there's two minutes and fifty-four seconds left, let's kick the field goal. So now the Cowboys have a thirty to thirteen lead, and that is ball game, ladies and gentlemen. With two, with about two minutes and fifty seconds left in the game, the Cowboys make it thirty to thirteen. The Bills, in the words of the great Mister McMahon, the Bills have no chance in hell. <laughs> wow. Twenty-four unanswered points by the Dallas Cowboys. The Bills were shut out, shut down in the second half. <laughs> Ugh. I I really do feel bad for Buffalo. Because this was referenced out of the worst out of the four Super Bowl losses. The Bills felt that this one was the worst. Of course, it's debatable because, you know, last year the nine turnovers and the Cowboys scoring 35 points off the turnovers, but... It's just the problem is in this one, the Bills started off dominant and had had a chance to put the game away in in the second half... But the Cowboys' defense just would not give up. The Cowboys' defense was just so key. I mean, there's the it's it, the the fact the saying that there is a saying, defense wins championship. I mean, the Cowboys really proved that in this particular in, in this particular game. I mean, how many defenses have proved that defense wins championships? But the but the fact that one of the the fact that this was considered you know the worst. Wow. I can't imagine, though, if, if you were a Bills player on the team for all four of those Super Bowls, 
But of course, people look at the Bills and say they won the fourth straight AFC championship, so they must be pretty good. I mean, yeah, the Bills were a good team. There's no doubt about that. The The Buffalo Bills, they were a very good team that just could not get it done in the big one. They could not win the big one. At the end of the day, that that's simply all there is to say. The Buffalo Bills were a great team that could not win the big one. Because when it comes to the Super Bowl, there's two very good teams, but only one is going to come out as the champion. There must be a winner, and there's gonna there must be a winner, and there's gonna be a loser. So as we know, Emmett Smith will go on to be the MVP. <laughs> and believe it or not, Emmett Smith was the first player to lead the league in rushing yards, win the NFL's Most Valuable Player award, as well as win the Super Bowl MVP award, all in the same season. And he was actually the fourth player after the likes of Bart Starr, Terry Bradshaw, and Joe Montana to win both the NFL MVP award and the Super Bowl MVP award in the same season. But I'm really looking, but, but you know, I, I really got to think about James Washington. Because like I said, recovered a fumble, returned at 46 yards for a touchdown, he intercepted a pass, and he forced a fumble too. Had a total of 11 tackles in that game. And in that particular season, he started just one game for the Cowboys. One game. And he proved how underrated he was. And he proved that day, all you got to do is give me a chance to play, and I will give you everything that I got. I will give you what it takes to win. He proved that. Had I been a sports writer at that time, I after the Super Bowl, after doing my weekly... What, what it means to the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl again, I would have told the editor, I'm going to write a story on James Washington because this dude started one game that season, and look what he did in the Super Bowl. Forced a fumble, recovered another, returned at 46 yards for a touchdown. You know, which was the, which was which, which changed the game. That's what changed the game. And he forced another one, okay? How could you not talk about this guy? How could you not? Seriously, how could you not? And I, and I would have said, look, the, f- the fact that a lot of people don't know about this player, well, it's time that they do know about this player because, like I said, everything he's done in the Super Bowl, he started only one game. He was a few sh- votes short of, w- of earning the MVP award. <laughs> you know, while, while I do think Emmett Smith deserved it, if, if Washington had won it, I would have said that would have been well-deserved too. At the end of the day, James Washington got what he what he deserved. He got a Super Bowl ring. Unfortunately, in Jim Kelly's case, Jim Kelly is known as the Hall of Famer that could not win the big one. But you know what? Jim Kelly was, is a huge name in football. So no matter what, Jim Kelly has my respect. And quite frankly, he should have the respect of Cowboys Nation. I'm sure he has that respect as well. Taking a look at these records, wow. Of course, another another Super Bowl. Longest field goal, you know, like I said, the longest field goal of fifty-four yards. Hmm. Amazing. All these other ones, like these these team records. Wow. Of course, you know the Bills. You know most consecutive Super Bowls lost. You know four straight. You know most consecutive Super Bowl appearances four. Lost all four of them. 
you know, so, sometimes, you know, all these people think of these what ifs. You know, what if the Bills had won at this time? <laughs> I certainly can't imagine how things would have been, but the Cowboys won it. And Super Bowl twenty eight. you know, in my opinion, the way it had ended this time, if I had been around to watch those games and I had been a sports writer, I probably would be debating, honestly, which one would be better. The one last one would easily won 52-17 or this one. I probably would have said Super Bowl twenty eight. Because we had to scratch, claw, and fight back to win this game. We had to shut out a team the entire second quarter. We had to force turnovers at key moments. That was more exciting. Not to take anything away from Super Bowl Twenty Seven, but Super Bowl Twenty Eight was something special. And again, I'm going to quote Wiley, aka the Venomous Stare. Super Bowl Twenty Eight, where the Cowboys had they on the defense, it was God tier. Ladies and gentlemen, Cowboys Talk is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you very, very much for joining me, and I will see you next time.